Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta. We're here today with Susan Myers. Susan is a visual artist and metalsmith in Philadelphia, and she makes beautiful objects out of discarded wedding presents, like those engraved silver tea trays you find in thrift shops. These found silver trays get transformed by Susan into, for example, the most incredible Chinese takeout containers you'll ever see. There's humor in the work and some questioning of values. Susan has an undergrad degree from a BFA, that is, from Virginia Commonwealth University and an MFA from Syracuse University. Her works have been shown locally at Fleischer Ullman Gallery in the 2000 Years of Sculpture Show. Um, she's also been in the glass cases at the Philly International Airport. You may have seen her work there. So, Susan, you had a show, solo show last year at the Museum of Ornamental Metal yes. in Memphis. Tell us about that museum. We're curious about how there is a Museum of Ornamental Metal. It's The official title is the National Ornamental Metal Museum. When I went, I installed some of my um, Asian takeout containers from my disposable series, and then I also displayed some of my um, aluminum pieces from my aluminum series, uh, which I make out of really thin aluminum flashing. You know, the thing about Philly is, you know, there's not a lot of, obviously, galleries or places that show metal. You know, I don't necessarily feel like I fit within, like, a jewelry gallery, which there is, you know, a couple kind of more contemporary jewelry galleries in town. You know, more traditional visual arts venues. Sometimes I kind of don't know what to make of the work. That's that's actually changing a lot more than it, than it has in the past. Do you think that's because it has some decorative elements in it or or craft elements? What do you think is the issue? You know, I don't know. I think for me, I've always thought, okay, is it the way I'm, you know, presenting presenting it, presenting myself and the work? Part of the whole field of visual art is just really breaking down. I mean, nobody really cares about <laughs> what you studied, what you did. It's all about what you're making and is it good art? And I think that that's changed. I mean, I saw that change as a graduate student. I mean, I was in graduate student, uh, graduate school in the late 90s, and that was, you know, really starting to come apart. And that in distinction. a good way? In or a good way. For me, I feel like it is. Yeah. Has it opened up some doors to you that might not have been open before? Were you pegged in a craft world before, and now it's a little more fluid? I feel like it's a little more fluid, yeah. Or maybe it's just me. I'm just taking more chances and kind of putting my work out in front of, you know, everybody or... So where do you get your materials? As I was saying, I have the two bodies of work and all the found material from the manufactured silver-plated trays. I do a lot of going out to thrift stores. I was actually out thrifting yesterday. Did you find anything? I found one. Yeah, really great tray. And then I've also looked on eBay some. It's a little hard when I can't see it in person. Um, there's a lot of just factors into like how heavy it is, if the pat if the pattern's really crisp and so I haven't had as good a luck on eBay as I seem to do better in person. Metal from my aluminum series is just flashing from Home Depot. How did you get to use these materials? I mean I can't believe that they taught you how to work with silver plated trays in college or flashing. Or did they? No. They didn't. <laughs> they did teach me how to use regular copper and brass and that's what most students start with. They don't even start with silver. They start with copper and brass because, you know, students can't afford silver or gold or anything like that. So I'm using this a lot of the same metal techniques that I use would have used if I'm making fine jewelry or if I'm making, 
really anything. I mean, that's, you know, that's why I still say I'm a visual artist and a metalsmith because it's about those techniques. I'm still using that. I'm making whatever I want to make with it. I'm not making jewelry per se. I'm not making necessarily like usable vessels or containers, but I'm still employing those same techniques and it's that same mindset. So you're making something that's, um, that's perceived as valuable or that was perceived as valuable in a previous time into something that is perceived as not valuable, for instance, a Chinese takeout container. Right. And then you're using something that's not valuable, like aluminum flashing, and you're making something gorgeous and, right. and very decorative. Right, it's about perceived value, what we think is valuable, what we think is not value, and what that word even means. Does it mean monetary value? Does it mean aesthetic value? You know, it has value to us um, because it was a family memento or something like that. So I think, yeah, those are all issues um, that I deal with. I was brought up very suburban very suburban life (laughs) you know I don't have a lot of like weird things that happened to me that influenced me or anything like that it was pretty much you know like suburban life a mom who you know we had decorative things around the house Um, I remember her being a very um, handy person very crafty and and doing that kind of do-it-yourself and I remember participating in that with her for example oh gosh I remember us doing this Easter project where you, like, I don't know, I think you dip the yarn in, like, sugar water or something, and you stretch around a big balloon, and it makes this crazy, like, you know, you, like, wrap the yarn around the balloon, and then you pop the balloon, and it makes, like, this nest egg thing. So we would do stuff like that. Have you found any reaction to your repurposed silver trays that people are horrified that you're doing this? My mother, is she horrified? <laughs> she was like, oh, yeah, I've got this really nice tray from, you know, I don't know, your grandmother, great-grandmother, whatever. I was like, I'd probably just cut it up and use it for one of my pieces. And she was like, oh, my God, then I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> because she is one of those people that kind of values and holds on to these objects that have been in our family. I don't see, I'm not that you way. You don't collect I collect, but not, I collect for pattern, I collect for color, I collect for weirdness, but it's not, it doesn't have a lot to do with a family nostalgia. So here's a kind of off-the-wall question. Is the field of metals changing at all regarding the influence of digital technology? Oh, yes. Is it? Oh, yes. People using CAD programs oh, for designing? Yes. Can you say what it Computer is? Computer-aided design. Um, So that's where um, you create something in a program um, on the computer, and then it's realized um, through 3D printing. And it's to create an object. It's to create an object, right. You know, it has its advantages, and I, you know, I think the field, as I said, was really kind of like, oh, are we going to embrace this? What are we going to do? And then there was this whole movement about talking about how important the hand was and making with the hand and you know went back and forth and it was on the same trajectory as the like art versus craft thing that happened 10 15 years ago as well but now I think you know the fields really accepted it so how do you use the computer do you I, d- I, d- I don't use it a lot for the making of the work I use it more as a tool and like helping me like lay things out 
but um, I don't use it a lot in in the studio. So talk about your studio a little bit. I believe you have a studio where you have this big yeah, arm I have that's cutting all your metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a, a home in Mount Airy, and my studio is in my home in Mount Airy, partly because of just finances of not being able to afford rent on studio, a separate studio space. Um, but also, it's been really good for me because I have a full-time day job. It's really easy for me to be able to say, okay, I'm going to go upstairs. Up, you know, My studio is on the third floor of my house, and it's really easy for me to say on a Monday, Tuesday, you know, work, work night, just to go up and steal like two hours to work. What is your day job? I work at the Fairmont Park Art Association, and I am a project manager there. So what's your relationship to gift packages and ribbons and stuff like that 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 are in your art? I think it's a little escapist, a little bit, you know. It's about, you know, I've never really made work that was um, political in nature. It was. It's always kind of more social or a critique of our culture or something but like that. that. In itself is political. Yeah, in a, a little way. bit. But I like. I do. I like work that's fun. I like work that makes me happy to look at. Not to say I don't want to look at serious work, and I'm very serious about the work that I do. But I do. I like to make beautiful things. I'm very thoughtful in how I go about it. But you know, at the end of the day, I do want to make things that I want to look at. When I was doing my disposable containers, I was thinking about making um, something that was out of plastic or styrofoam or, in the case of the Asian containers, paper, transforming that into a hard metal material. The bow pieces and the ribbon pieces, it's the same thing. It's about a transformation material, thinking about these really soft things and things that you can crush and, you know, that are considered like throwaway, put, you know, what do we do after, with our packaging? We toss it after or after we open the gift or whatever, making it more permanent. And that's one thing that I think the metal is. It's, people see it as a permanent material. You've been speaking with Susan Myers. Susan, thank you so much for thank coming you. and talking with us. I really appreciate it. Art Blog Radio is brought to you by theartblog.org. Thanks to our sponsors, including the Knight Foundation. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And thanks to Eric Biondo for his music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org slash radio.